Hey there, mamas. I'm back after an unexpected long break in recording. I am finally back. And this episode is one you don't want to miss. We are finally going to talk about the O in Roadmap. Organize your finances. This is an important one, guys. So grab a pen and paper and be ready to take some good notes because I'm giving all of the goodies away. The Mom's Roadmap Home Podcast to help you create an actionable step-by-step roadmap based on biblical strategies to successfully transition from working mom to stay-at-home mom avoiding all the pitfalls that delayed my journey. If you're a mom who is ready to take that step in faith toward the dream God has placed in your heart, you're in the right place. Come on, let's get started in creating your roadmap home. In our last episode, we talked about the two principles of financial planning, which are recognize who's in control and identify the purpose and true definition of prosperity. Well, today we're putting together our financial plan, and I have seven steps that we'll cover to help you create your plan. The purpose of managing our finances is so that we can afford the things that we need and so that we can enjoy life a little bit. It's not to keep you from having a full life, but when we buy things without considering the financial consequences, we are actually creating financial difficulties, not just for ourselves, but for our family as well. So we need to learn how to spend less than we make in order to get to financial security and security that lasts. So are you spending less than you earn? Well, the first step in organizing your finances is to determine whether or not you are. So step one, outline your current financial situation. This step, along with setting financial goals, which we'll cover in the next step, are the foundation of your financial plan. Now, the Bible guides us in this by telling us that we should know the state of our business affairs. In Proverbs 27, verses 23 and 24, it says, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds, for riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. Now, for us in this day, the flocks equates to knowing the state of our finances, how much we are earning. Now, there are two tools that can help you assess your current financial state. So you'll need 
some paper or a journal and a pen for this. The first tool is the balance sheet. Now, this is used to help you figure out how you stand financially at a specific point in time. You will list all of your assets, and these are things like your checking and saving account balances, cash on hand, um, the cash value of any life insurance policies, the current value of your home, current value of your car, any personal property that you own, like furniture, stereos, computers, all of those things, and any investments that you have. You're going to list all of those out, and then after that, you're going to list any liabilities that you have. These are any debts that you owe. So then you're going to take the total of all of your assets, subtract the total of all of your liabilities or debts, and that figure is your net worth. Now, the second tool is your cash flow statement. This outlines your current monthly income and your current monthly expenses, and this helps you with your budgeting. It helps you to decide what actions you need to take based on what you currently have coming in and going out. It'll show you what you can and can't afford and areas where you may need to cut down expenses or increase your income or increase your savings. So these two tools help you get a clear picture of your current financial situation. So you can see what your needs are and what needs to be changed. Okay, you got that? So that was step one. So now that you know where you are, what your finances are looking like, it's time now to set some financial goals. Step two, setting those financial goals. Without a plan, you can end up living paycheck to paycheck, just paying bills, not having anything left over for savings, and each month just barely squeaking by. This can be exhausting and discouraging. To break this cycle, you and your spouse need to sit down together and write out some short and long-range goals and then outline a plan to reach these goals. So when planning your long-term goals, you will want to pair them, each long-term goal, with a short-term goal. Let's say your long-term goal is to be home with your kids. Then some short-term goals might be to pay off debt, reduce expenses, maybe find a work-at-home job. So you're pairing this long-term goal with shorter-term goals that will help you reach that long-term goal. So for this step, begin working on your long and short-term goals. Short-term would be those goals that you can accomplish in less than one to two years. And long-term will be those that may take longer than two years. So you're going to take these goals that you created along with your balance sheet and cash flow statements, and these are going to become part of your money management documents. And we're going to add to these your spending plan or a budget, along with a savings plan and a future plan, in further steps. Now, all of those documents will help you in making spending decisions so you can plan future spending and also help you with the day-to-day -day payments of bills. Okay, so that's step one and two. Let's move on to step three. Step three is commit to faithful tithe and offering. 
Now, Proverbs chapter three, verses nine and 10 tells us to honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. In managing our money, we are to put God first, honor God with the first fruit, put him first, giving back to God a portion of what he's given us. And that's the most significant part of our money management. God promises to give us wisdom and to bless us when we put him first. He tells us this in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 10, and also in Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 to 12. Read those. God owns everything. Psalms 24, 1 tells us the earth is the Lord in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Everything is God. And he has promised to supply all of our needs. And in return, we are to manage what he has given us by first returning his part, the tithe, and then bringing a free will offering that's based on our income and his blessings. Now, tithing may be a new concept to some of you. You may be wondering, why would a New Testament Christian need to tithe? Well, number one, tithe is an act of worship. One Christian author, G. Edward Reed, says, The primary purpose for tithes and offerings is to give glory to God and then recognize him as creator and to integrate him into the material side of life. Now, the second thing about tithe is that tithe is a tenth part of our income. That's the definition of it. Offerings are what you give beyond that in response to God's blessings. And I believe that regular tithing can help us overcome selfishness and materialism and help us to rely on God for our needs. It takes faith to give away 10 to 20% of your income. But when we obey God and follow what he asks, he blesses us. Okay, now let's move on to step four which is commit to living debt-free. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 7 says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, the current economic condition of our country at the time of this recording has revealed that among many things, the average American family is drowning in debt. Now, the current conditions that are in force around us, some of those things are out of our control. And no one plans to be drowning in debt. But there are some drivers that we may do that contribute to getting us there. Like number one, maybe trying to keep up with the latest styles or trends, trying to fit in with our, our neighbors and our best friends. We may make purchases based on that. Um, another thing, number two, buying on credit makes things that we want become more accessible. Number three, eating out because we're so busy or too tired. Number four, getting some unexpected bills like medical bills or car repair. Number five, getting laid off or a spouse gets a chronic illness or injury and can no longer work or they're out for a period of time with no pay. And number six, the big one, the most common reason people end up getting into debt is not having a spending plan or 
Another name for that is a budget. While there may be some legitimate factors that bring us to the point of debt, it still is not the best solution for us. Debt puts us in a form of bondage. Like I read, the borrower is servant to the lender. Debt presumes that you will have the money to pay for the purchase in the future. But again, the unexpected may happen and you may not have that money in the future. And debt can keep us from being a blessing to others. If we're borrowing and not repaying or we don't have enough, we can't bless others financially. So mamas, we need to make a decision to become debt-free. Ask God to help you to live within your means and to repay your debts. It starts with creating a debt repayment plan. Now, you've already established your tithe. You're doing that. You got that in place. Next thing you want to do then is list all of your debts from largest down to the smallest, from the greatest amount to the least amount. And then start paying the minimum due on all your debts, but throw in some extra money at the smallest debt. For this plan to work, you have to decide not to borrow again. You have to create a spending plan and focus on your goals. The bottom line is to quit spending more money than you earn and deny yourself getting something today that you cannot afford by putting it on credit and instead save up for that purchase. Now, hand in hand with that is step five, creating a safety net. Because without a safety net, you will be tempted to use debt. Now, you've lived long enough to know that things break, wear out, and stop working. And we know that unexpected things, emergencies, are going to happen. And if you don't have cash or money in the bank to cover these things, you are more than likely going to resort to using credit or borrowing the money from someone else. So having a savings plan for emergencies is essential. In fact, the Bible teaches us this lesson by watching the ant. Proverbs chapter 6 verses 6 through 8 talks about the ant. It says, Go to the ant, you sluggard or you lazy person. Consider her ways and be wise, which, having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. So it's saying this ant knows how to work and store up so that in the wintertime they have food. So if we fail to save or store up, our budget is going to fail. In fact, saving should be just as essential as your mortgage or your rent or your food or your utilities. But there is one caution I want to give you. While the Bible encourages saving, it does discourage hoarding or stockpiling. When you save, it's for a specific purpose, like purchasing a car, putting a down payment on a house, or establishing an emergency fund for the unexpected. Hoarding, on the other hand, is saving just so you feel safe and secure when security is your only goal. And when that happens, you run the risk of never feeling like you have enough. 
and hoarding pulls our trust away from God and places it on the amount of money we have. So the difference between saving and hoarding boils down to our attitude. We save for a specific purpose or goal, and we trust in God to sustain us. So how much should your safety net be? Now to start, I say at least 1000 to 1500 lean more towards the 1500 have that in there just for emergencies. And in step seven, we'll complete your savings plan with a little bit more. So get that safety net going. Build up to that $1,500 so that you won't have to depend on credit or going into debt for an emergency that comes up. Okay, now let's move on to step six, creating your spending plan, also known as your budget. Now, someone just flinched when I said the word budget, and many people do, because it's not a fun topic. But sticking to a budget requires that you have some financial discipline today for a goal you want to achieve in the future. For many of us, it's hard to wait that long. We often want what we see when we see it. Even people with good incomes are living paycheck to paycheck. And this is a result of not practicing good financial discipline. Since so many people frown up when they hear the word budget, let's just call it a spending plan. It's a plan. (laughs) I got that name from uh, one of my favorite books um, by G. Edward Reed, and I liked it. So today, I'm just going to give an overview of creating a spending plan, and then in a future episode, we'll go more into the details of it. So let's start with the biblical principle of creating a spending plan, and that comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And you may remember we read part of that earlier. Now, that's the principle of having a spending plan. A spending plan is necessary for living a contented life. It's also necessary for living within your means, spending wisely, achieving your financial goals, and being prepared for emergencies. There are four main parts in creating your spending plan. The first step, assess your current situation, which you've already done in step one. And step two, list all of your income and expenses. Allocate all of your income to an expense and debt payment, all of it. So that when you subtract all of your expenses and debt payments from your income, you end up with zero leftover. So you know how much you bring in from your paychecks. You should already have your list of expenses from step one. Now assign a dollar amount for each of those expenses. 
And if after adding up all of that, you still have some money left over from your income, then assign that to your savings, to debt payments, and later you'll be assigning some of that to investments. But for now, we want to make sure we cover all of our expenses, all of our debt payments, and then savings. Now, again, this is just an overview. Rest assured that in future episodes, we'll go into this in more detail. So basically here, you're taking your income and your expenses, putting it on paper, the amount of your expenses, the amount of your income. So when you subtract your expenses from your income, you want to end up with zero. So that means you're allocating everything to bills, expenses, and then savings and debt. Got it? We'll cover it later in another episode if you need more details. So now the third step, once you have your budget set up, you're going to monitor your spending and your saving patterns. Look at what are you spending your money on? Are you going out to eat a little bit too much, spending it on entertainment too much? Just take a look at what you're spending, how you're spending, and any patterns that you can see. And then step four, after gathering that information, you're going to revise and adjust your spending plan at least quarterly. Having a spending plan will help to calm your worries about your finances, especially when you're trying to live on one income. But your budget will work only if you follow it. So please follow it. Keep it updated as your income or expense amounts change. And finally, Most importantly, pray and ask God to guide you as you create your spending plan. And as you put them first, he will bless your efforts. Okay, so with that, now we move to our final step seven. That's creating a savings plan. So you have your safety net in place. That's like that $1,500 for emergencies. But what amount do you need to save beyond that? It's recommended to have three to six months of expenses in your saving. Now, I would suggest moving that upwards to six to nine months because at least at the time of this recording, the cost of items has increased a lot. And so you want to make sure you have enough in your savings in case you do have that emergency where a spouse is laid off or is out of work for a limited amount of time from an injury. You just want to have that six to nine months of expenses so you don't have to worry. Now, once you get that amount into your savings, then you can save for some future items and this should become a part of your spending, your savings plan. And some future goals might be you you want a new car to update your car. And when I say new, I don't mean brand new. You may just get a used car, but new to you car. You may want to save for a home or your kid's college tuition or retirement. So those are some of the future goals that you will want to begin saving for. Now, We also should all invest in God's cause. Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 to 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So include in your savings plan some money you set aside to help others. So those are the seven steps 
in organizing your finances. As I said, today was just an overview to get you started. And in future episodes, we'll actually go into more detail. So I challenge you to work through the steps putting your information down on paper. And in the future episodes, when we go back through in more detail, you will already have your financial shell available and ready to go. Now, be sure to join me back in our next episode where we will talk about the A in Roadmap, Assess Your Opportunities. And these are the opportunities that are going to help you be able to leave that nine to five and be home with your kiddos. So you don't want to miss that episode. And I can't wait to meet you back here next time. Thank you, sweet mama, for listening in today. I'm so grateful for you. If you found value in today's episode, please be sure to leave a review if you haven't already. I would love to hear your thoughts about this podcast. And please share this episode with another mom who might be looking for a step-by-step plan for leaving the workplace to come home to her kiddos. I'll see you on the next episode for more tips and strategies for creating your roadmap home.